Yeah, constant hustle comics. We don't we don't take losses. We learn from situations. So we've learned from those and we're going to move forward. We're an unstoppable train, whether it's one book a year, whether it's four books a year. We're an unstoppable train. So we learn from our mistakes and we just move forward. Welcome to the Under the Mask podcast, where we discuss the super process behind superheroes, not just superheroes, aliens, horror, thrillers. If you can find it on a comics page, you can find it here. Here, you'll learn how to make comics from the initial outlines, scripts, and artwork to printing and putting the final book in a bag and board. For many years, Bill Colomb has written his book, Kinetic, and sold thousands of copies across the nation. And now we're inviting you along for an inside look to the comics process. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you're in the right place. This is the Under the Mask Podcast, and this is Bill Colomb. Under the Mask Podcast, episode 32. What if you and three of your friends all had your own comic book company and decided to come together and do one badass crossover? My guest today did just that. Before getting into today's interview, I've got a few updates about the podcast and also a few updates about my book, Kinetic. A few weeks ago, I ran a Kickstarter for Kinetic, and I'm now waiting on the books to come back from the printer. But if you missed that Kickstarter campaign, I've got good news for you. I'm running a second chance campaign on Indiegogo in demand. So if you missed your chance, you can still support it by visiting www.kineticcomic.com. As for Under the Mask, this podcast has exploded in popularity, in part because I interview a lot of creators crowdfunding their books, and there are now more projects live on Kickstarter than ever before. So, for the next few weeks, I'm going to be publishing not one, but two episodes every week, and next week I'll have some special episodes with my friends at Comics Tribe for their book, Wailing Blade. But enough about news and housekeeping. Let's get to today's guest. My guest today is the owner of Constant Hustle Comics. He's also the writer of the comics The Last Line and Avery the Astounding. Together with Wingless Comics and Concept Moon Studios, they've teamed up for an epic five-part crossover, Nightfall. Nightfall is live on Kickstarter through November 14th. You can support it by visiting kickstarter.com and searching for Nightfall. It will pop right up. I'd like to introduce Lawrence James King. Lawrence, thank you for coming on and chatting with me today. Man, thank you for having me. I truthfully, truthfully appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Lawrence, tell us about your story. Who are you and how did you get to be here today? Well, uh, Lawrence King, uh, CEO of uh, Constant Hustle Comics. Uh, really, uh, I have a background in uh, filmmaking and I, I've, I've been a writer for years. I was trying to figure out how to diversify myself because, you know, the only way to become a better writer, as I'm sure you know yourself, is to continue to write and write and write. So I want to branch out of the field I was in. And just by some sort of happenstance, when I was thinking about doing this, I went on Facebook for something else and then saw an article about a, a, a guy who came up with his own indie comics. And 
uh, how he was doing it, round about how he was doing it. And I thought the idea was amazing because I remember going into comic book stores or I remember going into 7-Eleven and getting comic books off the rack in 7-Eleven. And I remember after that, as I got older, going into comic book stores, I've always had a love for comic books from Secret Wars to uh, 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 the first Punisher run to uh, to all that really being into them. So as soon as I saw that article, I immediately reached out to the uh, uh, to the guy that was uh, showcased in the article, which is his name is Lonnie Lowe of uh, Dark City Productions. He's under uh, Sean Mack and uh, Short Fuse, Mike Watson. And um, I asked him about how we got started. I asked him about, uh, you know, what I could do to get involved. And basically what he did was he gave me like a short little laundry list of things that I needed to do. And once I completed those to come back to him, that way he didn't say it. But that way I knew he was trying to figure out whether I was serious or not, because plenty of people say they want to write. Everybody wants to party. Nobody wants to clean up after or put the time into it. So once I did everything on his list, I came back to him and then he realized I was serious. And then he mentored me. He was my own personal Obi-Wan Kenobi at that point and mentored me in. And now I'm, I'm here today. Let's talk a little bit about Constant Hustle Comics. Okay. Uh, when did you set it up? How did you set it up? Uh, why did you set it up? I set up Constant Hustle Comics because I didn't want to ask anybody permission to come out with the type of book I wanted to come out with. I didn't want to make something that just fit the current wave of whatever's popular. I didn't want to make something that I had to change what I wanted to do to fit whatever publishing company I wanted to go with. I decided to come up with my own thing. That way, no matter what I had in my head, I could figure out a way to make it work. Because, I mean, you, you got to figure we're all in the business of coming up with worlds off the top of our heads and storylines and people and things of that nature. Why should I have to curtail or why should I have to limit myself in my imagination just because somebody, you know, somebody says, oh, this week's this week, dragons are really popular. So unless you come to me with a book about dragons, I don't want to see your book at all. So I, I didn't want to have to go through all that. And to be quite honest, I don't like asking permission to come up with something that I would like to read or I would like to see myself. That's probably the biggest reason. I probably should have started there. I didn't want to have to ask somebody if I can write about this or ask somebody if I can write about that. The first book I wrote was based off my family. I don't want to get somebody's permission to have to write a book based off my family. So the idea was already set in my head. And at that point, it was just how fast I can get past the, you know, the first year bumps and the uh, 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 the inevitable, you know, man, I, I learned from this mistake. I learned from that mistake to get where we are right now. And that was about five years ago. And in that five years, you put out uh, quite a few books. Um, I want to talk a little bit just about the books that you've put out. And uh, can we okay. get the quick pitches about them and hear a little bit about these series? Okay. Uh, you're the writer on uh, The Last Line. Yes. Uh, the Last Line is about a uh, in the world of The Last Line. They have this. Uh, well, actually, in the world of, of all the uh, uh, Constant Hustle books, there's this uh, 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 humongous war between all the current superheroes and current supervillains. And there's a bit of magic involved, too. But broad strokes is all the superheroes pretty much are dead and pretty much all the supervillains as well. All our books are the next or the, the yeah the next line of superheroes coming into their own as the universe is empty and void and in need of someone to try to help. So the last line takes it from where the, the matriarch of the family is killed in one of these confrontations. 
and her husband goes a little crazy and decides to become what's called a power hunter. And those are people that go around the world looking for artifacts or magic or alien technology or whatever can give them superpowers to become superheroes. And his family goes with him to keep him safe. And another book that you write is Avery the Astonishing. Let's talk about that. All right. Avery the Astonishing is about uh, Avery, who is a uh, gender fluid marine recon vet who comes home from the uh, uh, from black ops missions or a particular black ops mission that she gets unjustly booted from the military and becomes a, a MMA fighter who fights men in the in the uh, uh, actual ring. Actually, this base right out of here where I'm at in uh, 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 in Connecticut. A lot of the places in the book are here, right right around where I'm uh, where I'm living at. And from from uh, Avery's uh, 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 actions, and from Avery being a natural born protector, and Avery trying to save this person's life, she becomes bestowed with a, a power called the uh, Heart of the Dwarf Star. That power grows within her, or grows within them, excuse me. And as they become more mature, the power becomes more mature. Think of it like the power is a sentient being, and the power can talk to them like Jarvis did to uh, Tony Stark. Are these both in the same universe? Constant Hustle Comics has one big universe built around it called the Noir State. The Noir State is built from 13 different dimensions, and each book has its own. They'll cross over, but each book has its own. We don't want to cap anyone in their uh, uh, creativity. The, the tagline for the noir state is creativity unchecked. So I figure if you can't get whatever you need to get done in a whole dimension, then we need to talk about your storyline anyway. Yeah, hopefully a whole dimension can fit everything they need. <laughs> I, I, would, I would hope so. But yeah, we, we, we give them, uh, there's 13 total. Each one is in their own, unless, you know, we decide, okay, we'll put your characters and these characters in the same dimension. And we're going to have a couple of crossover uh, books coming out, not even including the one we have in Kickstarter right now. That's under another uh, another company's banner. But yeah, so we, we, uh, uh, we have a few books out now, not just for myself, but we have other uh, uh, authors we have with us, like uh, Charles Simpson, and he has his book, Zero Gravity. We have Dwayne Welch who has uh, uh, SF3 and DNA and Carnivore. So, uh, yeah, we, 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 have a, we have a strong stable of creators that we have under, under the Constant Hustle Comics banner. And uh, since you brought it up, that's a perfect segue into uh, what we're here to talk about, uh, which is your latest work that you're working on, Nightfall, uh, which is a crossover between your company, Constant Hustle, yes, Concept sir. Moon Studios, and Wingless yes, Comics. Yes. So, uh the uh, uh, Nightfall storyline is uh, it's really big. It took so let, let me let me it takes the from Concept Moon Studios, their Superman archetype. I don't want to say Superman like being because he's not. But I mean, in, in his abilities and in his power level from Concept Moon Studios, his character's name is Prime. and He's their Superman type. And then their strongest hero from, uh, uh, I can't believe I just played that, Wingless Studios, Justice, is their strongest hero. It's, he's a descendant uh, angel, like the Archangel, Archangel Gabriel descended from, uh, from heaven. And then our, our future icon, Avery the Astonishing, as well. So this is like an interplanetary, jumps a few things, jumps a few places in the timeline, there is, you know, think of it like this. You only bring all the all the Avengers together 
to face somebody big. And that's exactly what Nightfall is. It's a five-edition, epic crossover event. And when I say crossover, I want to make sure I say this correctly. Not a crossover like uh, Avery is fighting some other character, and then Bill walks past in the background, and then Bill has a cameo, and therefore that's a crossover event. I mean, everybody has a storyline. Every storyline has, a, has, a, uh, has depth and character to it. Every person in the story has to make their way to make it as big as it is. So it's not it's not a, a, a storyline you would say that's, you know, one you could quickly sweep past and and, you know, oh, well, I saw so and so I saw so and so it's pretty good. No, this is something that it takes the build up in order to get to. And we start out in a great way. You won't be disappointed with Nightfall. And just following up on that, what's the quick pitch for Nightfall? If you were at a convention and somebody came up and said, oh, Nightfall, what's that? What would you tell them? I would tell them that a society of people are trying to bring forward a great evil from beyond our dimension. And it takes the abilities of the son of a God, a descendant, a, a descendant, descended angel and an icon to fight not only the people who are trying to bring them here, but also the great evil itself and to save our very souls in the process. Let's go back to the start. Yes, sir. With you, with uh, Concept Moon Studios and Wingless Comics, uh, how did the three of you decide to do a crossover and how do you divvy up the workload? So uh, Brian wrote this edition. He had the idea initially. And um, this isn't something that was just put together like, uh, you know, like a month ago or even two months ago. This is close to a year putting together that we, we have been talking about this. And uh, what it was is Brian put together the archetype or the uh, the skeleton of the story. He came to uh, BD, who was the owner of Concept Moon, and then came to me and said, hey, you guys, I have this uh, I have this idea. What do you guys feel about, you know, being involved in it, being involved with the characters and being involved in the story and having an actual story around your character, not just your character showing up and kicking butt and then taking off. But an actual story written around your character. So I, as soon as I heard that, myself, BD, and Brian go back a ways. So once he came to me with the idea, I already knew I was going to be involved. But um, the fact that the BD was involved and the fact that with him writing this first edition, he asked genuine, real questions about the characters. What are their motivations to do what they do? If this happened, how would your character react? If that happened, why did you care? What would your character do? What is what was the big traumatic experience in edition number one or before edition number one that made your character into who your character is today? And those were constant questions that came up all the time that helped us to realize that we were involved in really something special. So once we started down that road with him writing it, it just became him calling me and, you know, we talked for a while and we're all in different time zones. I'm on the East Coast. He's on the West Coast and BD is in another country. These calls were day and night or messages day and night. It was really pretty seamless, to be honest with you. I mean, as seamless as it, as it could be, I mean, you, you essentially have three Stan Lees in the room trying to get everybody to agree on, you know, how this should go, or how that should go. And then you have to check your egos as well, because if your characters, you don't want to say, oh, well, my characters are definitely stronger than your characters. So we'll save your characters for when they fight the street thugs and my character will fight, you know, the main villain. And so you, you, you have to realize that you have to take the, you know, the uh, uh, I hope I don't get booed off your show for this, but the Justice League approach and everybody has to get there a few minutes. Everybody has to get their story that that is cohesive and makes sense. So 
it was it was shared. He took the uh, 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 the bulk of the uh, uh, writing, but it was a shared event. As when pages were getting done, we all got to see him. And if we didn't like this or we didn't like that or whatever the case may be, then we all got to chime in on the reason why and things of that nature. It was a really cool process. And for those completed pages, uh, were the artists, uh, colorists, letterers, were those all in-house talent? Oh, no. Brian came to uh, us and said he wanted to use his artist, Fabio, for the uh, uh, pages themselves, for the book. Now, I had already uh, had a relationship with him, so I knew him, and I didn't have a problem at all with him being used. He's an amazing talent, so that wasn't an issue for me. The way he set it up was he said, all right, I'm going to get the first page, the first few pages done. I'll have them drawn, I'll have them colored, and then I'll show everybody so you know the direction that the art and the color and the inks and everything are going in for the rest. Once we saw those few pages, we were all set. We were all set. I mean, he continued to send them, so just in case we had edits or whatever the case may be, but uh, Fabio's an amazing artist. The colorist, Nestor, is an amazing colorist. It really was a seamless process. It honestly was. Very rare, it seems like, just talking with other people when they try to collaborate. It, 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 it is. It is very rare, and I think one of the reasons why it's rare is because everybody feels that their idea or the person they work with or whatever the case is the best person. So you have to learn how to think of it's no longer if you and I and let's say, I don't know, Moana McAdams, we're all working on the book, whatever the book is titled, the book is titled uh, Killer Tomatoes 8. If the three of us are working on this book, then it's no longer about me or about Bill or about Moana. It's about Killer Tomatoes 8 and what is best for that project and what is best for the everything that goes with that project, the marketing of the project, the, who's going to handle the promotion, who's going to do this. If you think of it that way, in my opinion, if you think of what's best for the project instead of what's best for you, then it tends to go a lot smoother. What are you excited for in Nightfall? Um, I'm excited for Avery to see another set another set of eyes to see Avery. And I'm excited for everyone to see the overall effect. I want everybody to see Prime from Concept Moon. Everybody uh, to see uh, uh, Justice from Wingless Comics. I want the heroes involved, and those aren't just the heroes, those are just three of the main heroes. I want them and I want everyone a new set of eyes on each one of those characters. I want the writing ability of Brian to be showcased to where people are observant of his true talent. I want Fabio's true talent to be, I want everybody to be better off for this project because this is a you should be better off at the end of it type of project. It really honestly is. This isn't something that you get involved with because, you know, you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I guess I'll put it put put them in with you because I'm really not doing anything with that character right now. That's not the case at all, because these are our premier characters in each one of these companies. Avery's number two is being put together as we speak. But I believe in the people I'm involved with and I believe in this project so much. We all just want this project to flourish and everybody involved with it to be better off at the end of it. It is an amazing book. The story is going to be so vast over these five issues. And I don't think there's another multi-company crossover out there of this size and this magnitude. You will not be disappointed with it from beginning to end. You will not be disappointed with it. It is worth checking out. Trust, it is worth checking out. 
And uh, Nightfall right now, it's live on Kickstarter. I just brought it up in my uh, browser here. You guys are rocking, man. You're at say, just under $4,500 out of a $5,000 goal. You guys were made a project we love by Kickstarter. Yes. Uh, so you are right at the threshold. What yes. has the Kickstarter process been like for you? Um, this Kickstarter has been different because I really have never had a Kickstarter before that I was involved in a, with other companies. The first one I did, the first Kickstarter, I, 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 wait a minute, right, let me tell you about the process for this one. So this one is, is uh, we're dealing with other companies you have to deal with, you know, how do you promote? Who promotes this day? Who promotes that day? Who does this? Who does that? And I'm sure you know as well, that that's a process. That whole thing is a time-consuming process. So every break I get at my job, if it's just break or if it's lunch or before I start work, I have to check the numbers. I got to check what I'm supposed to be doing today. I got to check what I'm supposed to be uh, uh, promoting with today. I got to check to make sure I don't miss anybody's graciousness and putting me on their podcast. So the, the, the Kickstarter for me is a very big deal to the point where when this one is done, I'm done with Kickstarter for a little while because I need to I need to sit back and relax because it, it, it'll consume your brain. It does with me. Other people probably maybe not as much. But with me, I become obsessed with it. And it's uh, I, I got to take time away from it. No, I know. I know it does for me. And I'm just dealing with myself. I'm not dealing with the other three companies, too. Right, right, right. It's amazing to me how everything changes. Like the algorithm will change one day or to another day or it'll change one week to another week. Where one time all you had to do was, was you know, uh, advertise here or promote there or even speak to a certain person. And so many people were behind that person that, that increased, you know, what, what you were trying to do. Now, the whole thing is different. And that's something I've had to learn, especially with this uh, with this Kickstarter. Maybe not so much before, but definitely with this Kickstarter. Being involved with people like uh, BD and people like uh, uh, Brian have taught me that. I like to be involved, or I should say we, like to be involved with people we can learn from. I'm not going to be involved with you if I can get nothing from our involvement together. If it does nothing for us, then basically I'm carrying you. And I don't believe in carrying anybody. We can carry each other, but I'm not just carrying you because you feel like, you know, you should have to sit back because you're whoever. It don't work like that with us. As a creator, what have been the biggest obstacles or challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them? Uh, the biggest challenges and obstacles I had to face just as a creator was putting together the right creative team for the book or books. Because um, in my opinion, that's the hardest thing to do as a creator. The writing part, I'm, I'm, I'm getting better at that and I'm able even whatever shortcomings you have as a writer, an editor will help you pick up on those. But if you pick the right, the wrong artist, you pick the wrong inker, you pick the wrong colorist, that could completely and totally change your book from something that could have been better than, than good, could have been great, to making it less than average. So picking the right people to get involved with was definitely the biggest obstacle for me. And as always, this, I'm sorry, I got to answer the two parts. As always with everybody, it's money. I don't have uh, uh, unparalleled deep pockets that I can just go into whenever we want to do something. It's a, it's a, uh, it's an effort. It's a, uh, you know, me having to put money aside when I could do this with it or do that with it. I got to put it aside because I got a project coming up or someone else on the team has a project coming up and I know I'm going to have to help to get them on their feet and then they can take it at a certain point. And getting around those obstacles have been me just, uh, it has been me learning from the people around me. 
it has been me learning from, uh, and I already said her name earlier, I've been me learning from Moana McAdams or Brian Lambert or TJ Sterling or uh, Newton from Crescent City Monsters or uh, John Paul from uh, Blackberry.net. It's just been me learning from all these people and seeing how they do their thing and asking them questions. And the best thing about this community, oh, I'm sorry, I should have said these two people as well. I got to say them too. Sean Mack, definitely from Short Fuse and Mike Watson from Short Fuse. I'm sorry, I can't even believe I forgot them. But, um, and I, I hate to ramble on on this, but I got to say a few more other people as well. Lonzo, uh, star from uh, Concrete Comics and Jermail from Concrete Comics. But it's been me asking them questions. It's been me sending them emails and them answering me and them asking me questions and me answering them. This is one of the few communities where people actually will help you, even if it takes them out of their way to help you, which has blown me away. But it's happened time and time again. And we do it for each other. So that's how I got past the obstacle of me picking the right teams. For anyone listening who wants to know how close knit a community, uh, just independent comics are, most of the names that you just dropped. I know <laughs> uh, it's like uh, you brought up Moana McAdams. I'm in a mastermind right. group with her, uh, Sean Mack right. and Mike Watson. I've known them for a long time. Right, 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 right. And yeah, it's uh, it's one of the most inclusive communities that you can be involved in. I mean, w- especially when you compare it to music or a lot of right. uh, uh, like film television. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you we were talking earlier about uh, uh, conventions. You know, when you're at conventions and when I've been at conventions, before everybody else comes in, you walk around to the other ones. You say, OK, I know I'm going to come back to this one and buy a copy. I'm going to come back to that one and buy a copy. I'm going to talk to this person about who did this for them. I'm going to talk to that person about what, who did that for them. And you, you you make all those things happen and they come around to yours as well. So it's it's definitely inclusive. And COVID has been a horrible thing. And I know not, I'm not making light of it at all, but it has only brought this community closer together, in all honesty, because some of the latest things I've been involved with, I think probably only happened because people are doing more now. There's more Kickstarters up right now, probably in the last few months than have ever been up at one time. People are actually pulling together more now, even in this field than they have before, even though it wasn't an issue before. It's really not an issue now. What do you feel has been your biggest mistake? Uh, In putting my creative team together in the very, very beginning, trusted in the wrong people. And I trusted in their motives, in their abilities. And to be honest, it was the best thing to happen to me because it showed not only me, but it showed us who we could trust, the type of people we could trust, and how to weed through the masses to pick the right person for the right project and how to conduct business moving forward. It's a shame that people will even come on a, on a particular field like uh, indie comics and try to make cash off of you knowing what you're going through just to put together a comic book. But I mean, there's those type of people everywhere. So we it, in at Constant Hustle Comics, we don't we don't take losses. We learn from situations. So we've learned from those and we're going to move forward. We're an unstoppable train, whether it's one book a year, whether it's four books a year. We're an unstoppable train. So we learn from our mistakes and we just move forward. But yeah, that that, that has been it. People trusted the wrong people early in the process. But we're, we're past all that now. We're good to go. And on the flip side of that coin, what has been your best moment? 
I did the Black Label Comic-Con. Uh, shout out to Eric Cooper for putting that on. Black Label Comic-Con in Philadelphia. Right outside Philly? Philadelphia. And um, my family was there with me. And we were able to work together and put together books and put together our table. And for me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a family man. I've got three kids. I got a wife. We've been married for 23 years. So they're a big part of who I am as a person. So for all of us to be together like that, for all of us to be able to work together at one show and show off everything to everybody, it was uh, it was absolutely magical. It, it really was. Lawrence, yes. starting out, what was the best advice that you received? I think the best uh, advice I received starting out was uh, when someone told me to not to rush with whatever book you're doing, to take your time and then taking your time, the story will come to you the way you want it to. The people you want to work with will come to you the way the way they should. And everything will come together if you take your time putting it together. And it's funny because I just heard that same advice at my job a week ago in the form of it said, take the time to be exceptional. And that really stuck with me. I mean, truthfully, truthfully stuck with me because some people in this game to me or in this field to me, nothing can be done quickly. Even if you call the artist you always you talk to all the time and say, hey, I just need you to put together this quick promo picture for me. Nothing works quickly. But if you give somebody the time it takes to write, the time it takes to uh, pencil, the time it takes to truly color, for them to think about reflections, for them to think about dialogue, for them to think about everything, once again, it turns a book that can be subpar to something that could win awards at the end of it. So I would say that's the best advice I had. Lawrence, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. No problem. I appreciate you having me. Everyone out there, Nightfall Part 1, New Horizons. It's live on Kickstarter. It's going through November 15th. Okay, You can support it by going to www.kickstarter.com. Go to their search field. Uh, look up Nightfall Part 1. It's going to be the first thing that pops up. Lawrence, where else can people find you online? Uh, they can find me at uh, constanthustlecomics.com. That's www.constanthustlecomics.com. You can find me at facebook.com slash constanthustlecomics. You can find us on uh, Instagram at c.h.comics. You can find us at, on Twitter at chustlecomics. Lawrence, thank you again for coming on and chatting with me. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. If you know a creator that makes comic books or any other media and think they'd be a good fit for the show, drop us a line at underthemaskshow at gmail.com. You've been listening to the Under the Mask podcast with Bill Colomb. Welcome to the family. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you've found the right podcast for you. Thanks for listening, and make sure to like or leave a review, and we'd appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or two. To reach out, visit us at underthemaskpodcast.com. This has been a presentation of Why Comics. Till next time, this is the Under the Mask Podcast, signing off. 